So obviously um, media and GA, it's a, it's a big part of the game now. What is it like for you, Jason? Do you enjoy it all? Um, yeah, I suppose, it's, as I said, it's not something I suppose that I do a whole pile of. Um, but when you do get an opportunity to do things, it is it is nice to, to be able to come and do it. Um, I suppose just kind of when it's in season, it's just really after matches and stuff like that. Like there wouldn't be anybody ringing you up during the week asking you to do different things. And if it'd probably have to go through, you know, management or whatever, or the liaison officer if it was going to um, be something like that. So it's only really after matches, I suppose, and things like that. Yeah. Um, would Liam Sheedy now tell you you aren't allowed to speak to anyone after the games or did was there any bans on that? Um, no, there wouldn't be such thing as like a blanket ban on, on talking to the media or anything like that. But um, I suppose as a player as well, you don't really want to be doing it the whole time either. Um, so if there was something that you were asked to do, you just you run it by them. And then if it was if it was something that was in line with what they were thinking, then it's fine. Like you know, because you obviously have your media duties to do before before the All Ireland and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. there would have been a couple of us here in, in the horse and jockey for that. Um, and other than that, really, there wasn't a whole pile throughout the year. Really, weren't really asked to do anything. So it was yeah. Not too bad then. And Ash, would that be a lot different views or would you enjoy the media side of it all? Yeah, I suppose like the exposure of women's sport um, nowadays is um, getting bigger and bigger. But um, I don't know if we'd be getting pulled and dragged as much as Jason and the, the hurlers and footballers in the men's teams. But um, no, it is it is nice, I suppose, to get the opportunity to, to talk to people about the sport and kind of what you're interested in that. But yeah, it seemed like we wouldn't have any bans in place with regards media and that mm-hmm. um I suppose just yeah in season that you're just concentrating on your training and um playing and leading up to the All-Ireland obviously there was um a few bits here and there but kind of it was set out that we had our media night um we had that in Thurlis and then um I suppose Sam went up to captain saying things and mm-hmm. that was kind of the end of it then leading up to the All-Ireland then it was just the few days leading up it was just kind of to ourselves and um, and that but um, no it's brilliant and TG Carr as well put on a great um, preview as well the night before the All-Ireland and they did a few snippets with a few of the girls like Vicky Wall was on it from Mead and Ashing and Sam and that so like it's brilliant that it is getting exposure so I suppose when you are asked to do things it's nice to to be yeah. able to do it yeah it's funny maybe the girl side of things like the lady side they they might think more that, oh, this is brilliant, like, we're really getting exposure. And then some of the men's teams might be a bit more, like, a bit, like, you know, they don't want it to interrupt the preparation going ahead for the All-Ireland. So it's funny the way it differs a yeah, little bit. Yeah, there's, there's probably always going to be that kind of opportunity there for the men. Mm. So when they kind of say no to it, um, it, something will pop up next week. But exactly. I think with girls, like, it's kind of... Um, I don't know if it's a, like a defeatist attitude, but you kind of have to be happy and say yes to, to opportunities because um, otherwise they mightn't um, come around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's like the greatest attitude to have, but if you do uh, say I no to something, yeah. the opportunity could be passed and that's it. Um, then the sport doesn't really get um, the recognition it deserves, whereas with the men's, there's always going to be something in the paper about about something, so... Yeah, yeah I think it's different. just the men's are at a different level. Yeah. Well, there's probably a big push with the with the women's side, but with the 2020 campaign as well and stuff yeah. like that. And then mm-hmm. even the light lad with the for the ladies football, like I thought was really good. Like that's getting yeah. a lot of exposure, and, and it was really well put together as well. Like so. Yeah, um, no, you see some differences in the last few yeah. years, definitely. I'm yeah. sure you feel that as well, do you? Yeah, like even um, say a few years ago when I wasn't playing, I went up to Crow Park um, for the ladies football. Um, final day and like you could walk around you could sit where you wanted you could walk from one side to the other and like then 
like last month there was like 56,000 it was all allocated seating they, the upper tiers open and everything like it's just an explosion in the last few years mm. um, and it just shows that like it is possible that someday the stadium is going to be full yeah um, because in such like short period of time like we're still breaking records so yeah like the 2020 campaign that Jason just spoke about mm. has been brilliant this year um, and it highlights like everything not just I suppose GA um, just every type of, of sport and like even Kira McGean there like during the week is getting great exposure for um, her athletic performance as well so like it's just great that like everyone is kind of talking about girls and sport and things like that at the moment mm -hmm. so yeah, it's brilliant and then bringing it back to say college was that a big deal for Bodius like was it a, um, a big thing to play for your college did you feel in your preparation then to push on yeah definitely um, you know UL helped me massively anyway um, mm -hmm. I'd be really really thankful to them um, you know we, we were lucky enough to win two Fitzgibbons while I was there but even outside of that it's just it's completely different kind of hurling and you get to meet lads from, from different counties that um, you'd obviously be, be playing against and stuff so yeah. um, no it's great and it's great crack as well and at that time of the year I suppose when you can kind of enjoy it as well and stuff like that so um, I loved loved playing with the college and there's kind of a real you know good community there as well like of people that are involved in, in the GANUL so um, I'd be forever grateful to, to them for what they've done for me and who would some of the lads be that you played with then or playing for other counties now then um, she would have had all the Limerick lads I suppose um, you know like Sean Finn and Groot Hegarty and all those would have played for a few years and a few declare lads then Tony Kelly and Dave McInerney and these lads so um, you know you'd have a real big mix and you have a few Kilkenny lads that would have gone to UL as well so it's a big mix and um, I suppose you just get to know these lads off the field as well and um, as I said it's just, it's just great crack to be involved in as well yeah and asking for you what college you go to yeah I'm the same I went to UL as well so um, yeah there's a great I suppose um, interest in sport there um, it's a big sport in college and the facilities and everything are brilliant and um, with regards the Ashburn and O'Connor Cup um, the, the girls competitions of football and camogie mm -hmm. um, they've had great success in them so it's a bit probably daunting going in at first into those panels um, I was obviously on an intermediate team and I was getting the opportunity to play um, with girls on senior panels with Cork and Kerry and um, Galway so that was that was brilliant um, and I was lucky enough to have one um, two O'Connor Cups as well while I was there in Ashburn so um, no it's brilliant um, yeah. and same then like just getting to meet the girls like away from football and like they're some of my best friends now as well and Joe you know, will always kind of meet up and then we get to play against each other um, and things like that so there's always um, a good bit of crack yeah. <laughs> before and after and leading up to who would have been some of the girls then that you played um, with? So like Louise Ward she was playing for Galway this year um, she would be the year below me in college and then Emer Scally yeah. um, from Cork and Anna Galvin from Kerry so they'd be um, people that I would have played with and um, Fiona Kale as well she went back doing um uh post-grad so I got the opportunity to play with her and like it's just brilliant that these are probably people that I've you know seen play and at such a high level and then just to be able to go out alongside them as well is brilliant yeah definitely and um we'll move on to the road to the All-Ireland Bodius had this so that's great um in 2017 JC and you had yeah, a bit of a rough year um there was a game I think I have a quote um, it was Tipperary, yeah, he's lost. Tipperary lost a classic All Ireland semi final to go in 2017. They made two substitutes on the day, both which related to Jason Ford. The first in the 34th minute was to bring him on, and the second, in the 27 minute, to take him off. The yeah, um, <laughs> I suppose, as you say, it was a long kind of road. I know it's only two years, but um, it feels like a lot has kind of happened in, in, in those two years. And um, I suppose I've spoken about before in, in, in different things. and. Um, 
2017 was probably, you know, it was a really, really tough year to, like, we'd come off the back of winning in 16 and there was great, obviously, excitement and stuff around as well. And, um, you know, we were, we were hoping to get back and kind of do back-to-back, which hadn't been done in, in a long, long time. Um, and we, were, we just fell short by a point, but I suppose, as you said, it was the manner in which it happened to me um, was supposed to be brought on and, and taken like off in, in the you, same game. did you not think after that game, like, to, for the, like, I don't know, any human would be like, look, like, feck this. Like to be treated that way, you must have had a good mindset and so strong to go. Yeah, those thoughts definitely went through through the head. Um, I suppose it's probably you know for any player that's happened to like it's 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 probably one of the most embarrassing things I suppose that can happen is to be brought on and taken off in in the same game, especially in a big game like that. Mm. Um, you know everyone's gonna everyone's gonna know about it and stuff. So um, no, it was a long winter kind of to put down, and I suppose I I would have to talk to a few different people and just see whether it was something that I wanted to kind of go back after and see so if you I were could. unsure a little bit yeah you were because like there's there's good minor teams there's good under 21 teams coming behind you that a lot of players are going to start probably pushing in in the next few years um you're looking at that and you're saying you know i had been on the panel since 2013 so that was whatever my fifth or sixth season whatever it was mm. um and i probably hadn't established myself at that stage so you are kind of looking at saying you know am, am i going to actually be able to to push on here and stuff so there's a lot of kind of decisions to be made and thankfully i, I stuck it through and and um, put in the FK back. Yeah, so <laughs> exactly, it makes it worth it when you look back at that. But no, that definitely was a, a tough time. But I suppose yeah. those tough times kind of bring you through to. Do you think it sort of probably helped you be the player you are today? 100%. Um, definitely, I suppose, like when I'd say when my career is finished and I look back, that's probably going to be the moment where it probably would have turned yeah. um, for me, I suppose. And um, I'd say you probably learn things about yourself through, through times like that and when it's not all playing sailing and stuff. So um, no, definitely that kind of. That season probably changed um, my mindset a bit. And did like the manager sit you down and say, "Look, this is why." Um, yeah, because let's say we would have been best in that match in August. I think yeah, would have been August because the, the final wouldn't have been changed to, to earlier until the following year. I think so. Um, probably would have met them then in December again, um, and you know would have sat down and like a place like this, and um, you know they would have kind of put across what they what they thought and. You know, I would have kind of looked for a few things off them and just really kind of honest conversation, I suppose. And they just said, like, look, you, you need to kind of work on this, this and this if, you, if you're going to push yeah. on and, and things like that. So um, that probably helped focus the, the mind of it as well. Yeah, definitely. And so for the Bodies then, 2018 wasn't the best year. Ash, you came down from senior. You were relegated first year up. How did that feel? Yeah, I suppose it was um, an awful feeling. It was an awful end to the year. Um, the year before, we'd gone unbeaten. Um, we'd won the Division Three League. Um, we then won, obviously, the Intermediate Championship. And then we got re- um, promoted straight away from Division Two again um, in the league up to Division One. And then, I suppose, we didn't have the summer that we kind of hoped for. Um, we prepared really well for the Cork game, which is our first um, round of the Munster Championship. But... Um, we gave it everything, but I suppose there's small margins up at senior level and there's probably a few chances that we didn't take and you kind of have to take them when you're up mm-hmm. that level and um, we lost that day and we kind of just went on a roller coaster downhill from there. Um, like we were competitive playing. There were close games. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, like when the stands out is when we played Donegal, like we only got beaten by three points and they didn't, I don't think they scored a goal against us and in the Ulster Championship they'd scored about seven goals against Armagh. So it just shows like our defence really stood up that day but unfortunately yeah we lost out by three points and like they went on to compete in All-Ireland semi-finals so it just shows that it is the small margins and um, we went into the relegation playoffs and 
Um, that day against Cavan, it was like losing an All-Ireland final. It was one of the worst feelings ever. I suppose playing in 2017, the prize that we played for was to become a senior team. And that day against Cavan, we were competing to to be a senior team. Mm-hmm. So it was the same prize that was that was there, I suppose, um, at the end of the day. But unfortunately, again, it didn't go our way. And um, we kind of thought we were down and out at that stage. It took... Um, a few weeks of soul searching and that but mm-hmm. um the girls like they went back this year and like competed extremely well up in up in division one and I know we won the intermediate um championship um but I think one highlight for most of the girls unfortunately I wasn't there for it was the night that they went down to Cork um it was a double header with the men's and yeah they got a last minute goal to beat Cork in the league and um it just shows like that we can compete at that level I remember level, seeing so. that result actually and being yeah. like what um and like I do think just because you know yeah yeah that is I think the highlight of the year for most of the girls and I'm a bit jealous that I wasn't there for it but it just shows that the panel that we have um as well they beat Monaghan and they stayed up in division one so it's great that we have that to look forward to and we'll really prepare us then for the senior championship but Mm -hmm. um I suppose yeah last year was tough but I think that we've really kind of turned it around and um I think we're in a great place now yeah and so, Jason, for you in 2018, you really had to regroup again to go on and win then the All-Ireland in 2019. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose, you know, it's small, small margins at, at that level. And, you know, people look back on 2018 and kind of say, you know, it was, you know, a, a disaster of year, I suppose, going out so early. And, and it was like, but we were probably the width of a post away from, from going through. Um, you know, Jack Morris had a chance near, near the end of the game and just really unlucky to hit the post and clear go down the other end of the field and, and get a goal and win by two points. Um, and they went all the way to an All-Ireland semi-final replay. So, you know, those are the small margins that could kind of, um, your season can, can swing on. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we had to get over that game in 2018, who's to say where, where we might have gone? Um, and I suppose in 2019, we, we, we knew we had the players that were, were still there that were capable of, of producing big performances. And I suppose they'd been written off a lot yeah. um, in the previous two years. So there was a lot of hunger there, I suppose, to, to kind of come back and put it together and see if we could actually get back to back to the top and thankfully we did yeah and we talk about free taking so how do you handle that pressure of could be 80,000 people watching in the stands yeah um I suppose it just it comes back to being I suppose lucky to have the the lads involved that we do um we got Owen Kelly involved this year with us um in the senior setup and um I would have spent a lot of time with Owen just kind of going through it before training and We'd often meet up to, to go to even the different venues before the games um, and just hit freeze and stuff. Um, and like he was huge for me just to kind of be able to bounce things off. And, um, you know, it wasn't a thing where he was coming in and telling you, oh, you need to change this, this and this. It was just kind of the little things that he'd be able to, to pass on because, you know, he'd, he's been there and done it for, for so many years for tip. And I, don't, I think he had some crazy stuff was like that he hadn't missed a free, I think, maybe in, in an All-Iron final, in any All-Iron finals he played in. So yeah. um, just to be able to talk to him. And it was even something simple like he was saying about... Like if you look at the the stadiums when they're kind of maybe not as full in the Munster Championship, um, the kind of concrete at the back can actually kind of make it hard to to see no the goals because it kind of they kind of fade into the background. So yeah. it's like when you actually get to Crow Park and the stadiums are fuller, that the crowd will actually help you because you'll be able to see the goals that much clearer, like at the back and stuff like that. So yeah. it kind of puts your mind at ease. So um, oh God, those yeah. little things kind of make the difference then. Yeah, definitely. And the pressure for you actually playing in Crow Park. Do you feel pressure or is it more excitement? Um, I suppose it is excitement, but you'd always be a little bit nervous. Um, I kind of get nervous for nearly every game, no matter what, even when we play like AVP games of training. But <laughs> um, 
no yeah like it's it's brilliant um I suppose I was just kind of looking at the men's um final and Jack McCaffrey someone that stood out to me and he was just bouncing around the parade couldn't and do smiling anything wrong and, especially in the first game yeah and like he just really enjoyed it I think that's what we tried to express to everyone even the younger girls as well yeah. um, leading up to it just like enjoy it like we were standing um waiting for the um, president of the LJFA to come out like to shake her hands and that and I was beside like Caitlin Kennedy like she's only 17 and I was pointing out being like oh there's someone with a banner for you and like we were just looking up at the crowd and like seeing where our parents are sitting and stuff like just it's, yeah. it seemed like we weren't concentrating but at the same time you just have to enjoy these things and like the minute then the, the ball is thrown in you forget about all that but I think if you don't kind of take in that side of things um, I know Ashton Maloney spoke to the media beforehand and she said that she kind of was just in awe in 2017 um, and she just said she this year she was going to, um, I suppose, approach it differently as well and just the same thing, yeah. um, just to enjoy it. Um, but yeah, like obviously playing in front of 80,000 is probably a little bit different. But um, but do, do you think you kind of learn that then as you kind of get a bit older, a bit more experienced well, to actually enjoy the, the thing a bit more? like And having that experience of being there before probably helped. Yeah, definitely. Like 2017 probably wasn't as much. Probably was really nervous going around. Probably didn't lift my head up, look at anyone. (laughs) Was afraid what I was doing. But um, yeah, no, definitely this year. And I suppose um, just trying to even just express it to to the The younger younger ones. I suppose you're probably the same with with the lads like he's yeah exactly a few young guys coming up that hadn't played in crow park before definitely yeah you would have had a few and um yeah the big thing is just to, to try and enjoy because you don't know how often these things are going to come around and exactly you want to kind of take it all in and i just think just the experience of being there before helps so much because earlier on in my career definitely would have been the nerves probably would have taken over more than, yeah. than the excitement of it which shouldn't be the way that it should be you know so um i just to really appreciate it and enjoy it is the big thing yeah and just about the free taking, I actually had a question I forgot to ask. So you were taking the freeze, and obviously Shane Callan come back. Was that a big thing then? It was. Um, I think more was kind of made of it last year when he was kind of coming back um, because he'd been out injured for so long, and I kind of hit them in the league, and then they weren't kind of going to change it in the championship and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so more was probably made of it, but um, I think people kind of the media as well, like certain things you'd be asked about. I think they're just hoping that you'll create yeah, you'll a bit <laughs> of a bit of tension between the two. But no, like Shamey was was unbelievable for me. Mm. Um, and I think just like what, what highlighted his his leadership this year was like, you know, he came to me after like it was kind of uh, that it was decided I was going to hit them. And he was like, he was like, look, you're, you're taking the freeze now. That's it. He's like, if you want me to come out before training, hit balls back to you or anything like that. He said, you just let me know and, and we'll oh do God, that. Like, yeah, that's you know, so, so nice. like when you're having that kind of to show that kind of leadership for a lad who's, you know, just been so consistently brilliant for tip for so many years to, to actually be able to come out and say something like that was just it's yeah. huge. Gave me great confidence then as well, you know. Yeah, big time. And so you have a few exciting months ahead, Ash. You're going off to Oz. Yeah, so um, heading back for my second season um, with the Western Bulldogs. So um, I was there last year, um, my first season there. So um, so just getting used to it last year, um, trying to settle in and um, obviously totally new sports. So hopefully going to tackle it um, head on now this year and just I know a lot more going over there and I can kind of get straight into it and hopefully then just kind of I suppose start from where I um, left off last last season, but it'll take a, a little while to, to get used to it because um, I haven't really picked up the oval ball since um, yeah. last April. So obviously it was tough enough. The transition actually back into Gaelic, I nearly found that harder than learning the new sport going over um, when I came back at first. Oh, so when you came back to play yeah, the Tipperary yeah. club, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Were you doing like, some uh, hard tackles in on the girls? <laughs> yeah, and even just my kicking, like you kick it differently and the ball is a bit lighter over there and you'd really kick through. So I was trying to pass like 20 metre passes and I was 
blown over people's heads and blown them everywhere so like I think that that's what people probably don't see they probably ask well how was it like the new sport and everything but I found was the hardest was actually coming back into gay like this year um and I was probably frustrated as well because I thought that I was going to probably come back as like a transformed athlete and everything because everyone thinks like you're over there like professional like I I didn't really you know as in like I obviously picked up a lot of things like with regards my food my gym and things like that but like I didn't come back like as in a totally new um human being or anything but yeah that was probably probably a tough part of it but um I suppose yeah I'm just kind of concentrating now and getting back into it but I might bring a Gaelic ball back out with me this year (laughs) and just kick it around a little bit with Irish girls out there just so it's not totally far and then when we come back again for the championship yeah and your parents when you were going out were they hesitant after they seen like it can be very physical <laughs> yeah um they saw a Cor- Joe Cora's documentary that yeah. was on yeah and dad was watching it one night and like she broke her nose and everything in it and oh, he God. was like oh god all the ones from yeah. the sea <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's actually like it is physical but it's not like it's not very rough at the same time like um with regards to the rules on where you can tackle and that like you obviously can't have head high tackles and things like that mm-hmm. so um it is fairly fairly safe like you get sure you could get injured walking down the street so um, that's what <laughs> I told them anyway um but um no like my parents probably um it was September last year that I headed out for kind of a trial and they thought you know I was going out for a week holiday and I'd um be back and that'd be the end of it but <laughs> there's a little bit of interest from clubs and then I got drafted then um this time last year so um I think they kind of didn't believe it till they actually drove me up to Dublin and I got on the plane to go over there for a few months but I know they're delighted um and I have some family over there as well so it was it was oh, great brilliant. yeah um and yeah no they're delighted but to get rid of me for a few months anyway <laughs> <laughs> and how did it start for you how did they get in touch or how did they see um, you playing or yeah so it's random enough I actually got an Instagram message um that's so how it all works slide into yeah. DMs there yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um quote the interview <laughs> didn't uh think much of it kind of thought it was probably like a scam or something yeah you probably um, would you probably think like, yeah no nah, this isn't real um but they were just seeing was I interested saying they kind of heard about me playing and that and just could I send on some footage so I said yeah sure didn't think much of it sent them on um a few clips of me just like playing for tip and my club and things like that and then they asked me then to send on like a few skills videos so um, I think it was a rugby ball I got <laughs> to try replicate um oh, and I was really? as well so just like kicking it and catching and stuff um and then basically got an email in I think it is Skype interview and then got an email early September being like you've been invited out to a trial in Melbourne and didn't think it was real and I was like I don't know if I can trust this but yeah. um there's a few people I knew, knew then like Ashley Sheridan from Cavan and Maren Atkinson from Monaghan that were going as well so we were kind of chatting about it and sure Joe we had no expectations we just um we headed out but yeah over there we played like we trained we played a few kind of games against amateur girls and we got to visit clubs and everything um so it was a great experience um and it was actually the lead up to the grand final for the men's so like the Melbourne was like it's football mad and that week was brilliant week to be there um just to be like immersed in the atmosphere and everything and then um just kind of stayed in touch with a couple of clubs and then the draft I suppose works where um each club has different picks Mm -hmm. um so they kind of obviously rank different players and who they want but if obviously someone picks them at a higher up number they're kind of gone out you can't pick them so um my club picked me a pick 23 so um a few other clubs that I had been talking to 
um, didn't get there in time. So they were, were kind of looking at me further down. Okay. Um, but then my cl- the club that I'm with now kind of swiped in. So that's kind of how it works. Um, it's kind of quite competitive. So I think that's what a few of the girls like Olivia Dively and Vicky Wall would be nominating for the draft. So okay. um, they could kind of end up anywhere really. Do you know, like obviously a few clubs will would probably say they're interested in them and then um, if someone goes from them then they could pick them wherever they are on the, the ladder with regards to pick so you don't really kind of know right, where you're okay. going at the same time so it's kind yeah. of a bit scary but I do I know a lot of them have signed and then you had Olivia uh, and Vicky going out that aren't actually they were doing trials so there's a chance they mightn't get going or um yeah so basically the girls that have signed kind of during the summer um they're rookie spots so basically there's 30 people on a list for um a team and Mm -hmm. two people can be rookies and they're people that haven't played the sport before so a lot of the time it used they used to utilize like maybe australian rugby sevens players or soccer players or basketball players but now since cora they've kind of understood that this kind of these two picks could go well with picking maybe Irish girls because yeah. um, obviously the transition from the sport, it, they do it quite well and with Cora's success and that as well. Um, so that's why the, during the summer they can negotiate with the clubs and they've that all signed and done. But then the draft comes later. So they'd be up against um, all the under 18s and all that are kind of hopeful that they'll be picked. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there obviously is a chance that they will and going by kind of reports on how well they've done I suppose and um, their performances as well during the summer with their counties yeah. um, I suppose they do have a great chance of being picked um, but you just never know um, a club could say they're interested but if an 18 year old um, becomes available they might go for her um, mm-hmm. and pretends then there's four 18 year olds that they could be interested in go, could go to other clubs and then that makes them have more spots available so it is kind of um, no guarantee but you kind of know if there's clubs interested that there's probably a possibility but mm-hmm. um, you kind of have to hedge your bets a bit with regards kind of sorting your life out with work and everything that you might yeah. get picked but there is the kind of downfall that at the mm-hmm. same time you might get fixed so it is a tough position to be in but yeah um I suppose just getting the opportunity as well is great yeah yeah and Jason do you sort of wish there was any sort of side to hurling to be able to go to Oz yeah no it's it's really interesting um listening to, to Ashley talking about their um massive opportunity as well mm-hmm. um to I suppose just even get to to sample life out in in Australia there's there's a good few even from around home kind of got out there in the last couple of years um working and stuff and they look to be having a great time um, so not if, if if it was something that that was yeah. possible, it would be great to be able to do it. But um, not a massive experience, so yeah. hopefully all goes well for you. Yeah, so. definitely. And the professional setup, so they look after everything for you, or how does that work? Um, yeah, well, with contracts, like all the girls will be kind of on different contracts. I suppose there'll be different negotiations with regards, um, like living arrangements and um, things like that. But um, yeah, like going out this year now, um, they've a house set up for, I'm living with three other Irish girls, so that'll be brilliant, but like we'd be paying our own rent and things like that. Um, okay. um, but it depends, like some girls might be getting that from their club and things, um, it just all depends, but. On your um, contract. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose another thing people don't realise is our visas as well. Um, so I'm solely like in Australia to play football and that's my employment. Um, so I don't get the opportunity to, to work um, outside of that. So okay. um, I suppose just that people kind of, you know, it, it's only semi-professional as well, but like it is great and like, you know, I've enjoyed myself over yeah. there for the five months and, and that, but like you wouldn't be making, uh, mm. rolling the cash going home or anything, but um, no, it's brilliant. And I suppose at the moment, um, 
the girls um there's just kind of like a little dispute well probably negotiations going on to get kind of higher wages and um longer season and everything because they want the the game go, to go towards the men's and um to, you know, to be become fully professional so um at the moment the AFL players association and the AFL are in talks with regards trying to trying to push that so um it's great to see that that the girls are kind of wanting a little bit more but I mm-hmm. suppose um at the moment now our, our season is um, a little bit of confusion on when exactly it's going to going yes, to start um, the Irish girls yeah down. like even Orla left yesterday so she'll be out there for maybe six weeks before training could possibly start but like it'll be great for her like she'll get a coach's eye and she'll probably be in the club most days doing gym and running and she'll get to meet all the girls and yeah you know, she'll have her bank account and phone all that to set up mm-hmm. um so she's probably better off but um I'm just going to stick around um at home for a little bit longer um so the club said that that's all right and just I've got my program sent over here and um just go out kicking a few times a week and stuff like that so um I think it's kind of late November at this stage that they're looking for the season to kind of get get started yeah and then you come back then to play with Tip. That's the plan. Um, yeah, that's the plan anyway. Um, I suppose at the moment it's the best of both worlds, and you don't have to choose. Um, if I did have to choose, I don't know yeah. what I what I do. But um, no, I think that going forward, like we're going to give senior um, a good run um, next year. So um, I'll concentrate obviously on Australia then for the next couple of months but um, when I come home then it'll be back to to tip. So um, what would be your biggest influences then or who would you really look up to Jason? Um, I suppose in in terms of my career and stuff like that um, my parents probably would have played a big 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 role um, early on like I think a lot of players probably say that that their parents probably are the ones that would be the, the biggest influences and um, I'd definitely be no different in terms of who's started me off and stuff like that and even people that you go to in terms of for advice and stuff, and you know they'd be my number one supporters as well. They'd be there at every game, so they'd be a massive influence. And then, I suppose just in terms of players that would have looked up to, um, be back to Mon Kelly again. I suppose he just he he carried it for for so long when I would have been growing up and going to all the matches and watching him play, um, and just the things that he could he could do with a with a slitter was unbelievable. So, mm. um, to actually have him involved in this year was kind of like. I sound like a little fanboy kind of little fan yeah. kind of thing going on, you know. So, um, but no, yeah, probably that, that in terms of a player, and then um, just outside of that, probably my parents. And Ashling, for you? Yeah, I'd probably be the same with um, my parents as well. I suppose they're our biggest fans, but they're also probably our biggest critics as well. They'd be, <laughs> um, they'd be very honest with you. But um, no, they've been there since the very start, I suppose, and they've seen the highs and lows of everything, and um, they've always been there for you. So yeah, definitely my parents. But I suppose. Um, like looking at team wise then, um, I suppose when I was younger, um, the likes of Maureen Morrissey, um, Angie McDermott and um Jennifer Grant and them that played for the Tipperary senior team at the time. Um, they won the All Ireland in two thousand eight. Um and I was actually I was in sixth class at the time and I was playing in the mini games at half time. Oh, no um so yeah, and then like say in twenty thirteen then I was playing alongside some of those girls. So um it's just You've loads of experience in Crow Park then you're playing <laughs> yeah. <the night. laughs> But uh yeah, I was like I was in primary school during the week and I just said that like that you know I was playing there in mini games. I was sitting where all they them were, and you wouldn't kind of think that that could be you. But um, like there'd be girls that we're going around to the schools with, and like we, we could be playing with them in, in a few years. So yeah, um, it's nuts. But yeah, they were very successful um during their time, and um would have played against a few of them in club and that as well. So um, definitely a few of those girls. Deadly. and so if you had to pick a player then on your team, who's the 
the Joker or the best crack on nights out or at trainings? Who would you pick? Um, I'd probably go with Willie Connors. Um, he's on the panel for the, for the last two years, and um, I suppose anyone that would have seen Willie or that knows him will probably know the crazy head he has on him most time going around the place. So um, he's always good to kind of lighten the, the mood you and the match and stuff. Yeah. Oh, you definitely do. You definitely do. If you don't have a bit of bit of crack inside in training and even um, on the way up to matches, it gets uh, pretty boring. So he definitely won. But there's a few other candidates there as well. So when when we do get a chance to say to, to get out and enjoy ourselves, there's a lot of lads there that will be up for the crack. So yeah. Um, she probably killed me, but um, <laughs> I suppose Courtney Lonigan. Um, she just like you don't know if she's serious or messing half the time. Um, she'd be so sarcastic as well, but um, she always, I suppose, like between drills and that of training, would um, be up for having a bit of a laugh. And then she obviously turns on the serious mode, then um, flicks the switch when it when she has to. But um, I think uh, especially this year, she's really come out of herself in that regard. Um, so I'd give her the tip for that one. Good stuff. And so, um, bonding-wise, do you do a lot of it, or what's crack with all that? Um, yeah, definitely, you would do do a bit of it. Um, I suppose just even in terms of trying to meet up with lads, even outside of of uh, training and stuff. And um, as Ashley was saying earlier on, it could be something as simple as going for a coffee, um, mm-hmm. just to to talk outside of training. And then, obviously, when you get a chance to to go out for a few pints or whatever, it's always great to kind of get lads, especially when lads are new, maybe to the panel and stuff. It kind of yeah. um, loosens them up a small bit. So. Um, no, it's, it's always good um, and then sure, obviously since we've won we've had the last couple of weeks and there'll be different things coming up so um, it'll be a great chance to, to bond with lads again yeah do you have any team holidays going end of the year we'll be going away on our team holiday so um, be back to back to New York again and then hopefully a bit of sun in Cancun I think is the, is the plan so oh uh, brilliant yeah something to, to look forward to deadly and Ashford do you ever get uh, bonding holidays or anything um yeah so like the same with regards um you know the cups of coffee and that throughout the year and mm. um i suppose we try to organize non-drinking yeah <laughs> things to do <laughs> um, especially like around you know like bank holidays or if there's something big on that yeah. we're not you know stuck at home when everyone else is out that we might organize to meet up and do something um with regards holidays now we're not quite as exotic now as going to cancun <laughs> or anything like that but um yeah, like last year we actually we went to Spain for um, a week just after we won in 2017. Um, we just organised it ourselves kind of, but I know our panel now, the age profile has um, dramatically <laughs> become um, quite young. So um, I think the average age is around 19, I'd say a few 16 oh year olds run in. So um, yeah, I don't know with regards yeah. um have to wait parents or something <laughs> signing a few few disclaimers yeah. or something <laughs> um but yeah we'll see um yeah. but like no we're having great crack the last few weeks and you know um so it's good that we get to meet people outside of football and training and that and we have a few events over the next couple of weeks and that so um no it's brilliant brilliant and do you think the bonding's probably a huge part i think when you see teams that bond really well together get on really well have the crack together they're normally the winning teams do you feel? Yeah, and just even if you look at the Dublin footballers over the last couple of weeks, like their Instagrams have been loaded with, with stuff, and mm. um, you know they just look like a really tight knit team. And as you're saying, I think you have to, you have to have that. I think if you're going to be successful, and I suppose you spend so much time together throughout the year like that, if you don't actually genuinely like the people that you're with or, or get on with them, it's going to make it very very hard to to actually be successful. So, um, not creating a, a good team bond is is up there um, on, on the list of priorities if you want to be a successful team. I think. Yeah. Yeah, do you think the same, Ash? Yeah, definitely. And mm-hmm. like when when you know that you kind of trust the person beside you, and um, you kind of built up that friendship and everything, um, it really shows like on game day that 
you know you'd have each other's back and everything so yeah I think it's um really important and um even when you do win like that you do celebrate it as well together um I suppose that's why you play all year for those kind of successes and it's important then that you kind of stick together and you kind of enjoy those moments as well yeah, so, yeah definitely well thanks a million for joining me today really appreciate you taking off your Saturday to come and chat so thanks a lot cheers thank you, thank you.